Welcome to the Fundamental Interconnectedness of All Things, episode number 81. My name is Jeremy. I'm not Jeremy. You are Eric. I'm Eric. Eric. Welcome, I'm Eric. Hi. uh, Today's rule. Number 81. Number 81, and apparently the rule for number 81 is... Oh, we do have a rule, don't we? Every time you want to say an F-bomb or an S-bomb, you say Dukakis. Dukakis. And the... Mother Dukakis was just like, yo, I'm all up in your Dukakis. And Mother I was Dukakis. like, Dukakis. Mother Dukakis. And I was like, Dukakis. Dukakis. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't Dukakis don't on your talk, hand. Don't talk about my Dukakis like that. So uh, I saw the, the movie Wally and I really liked it. I, I thought it had uh, a lot to say about, you know, the, the, the way the world is going. Uh, particularly this consumeristic world we're living in. Not that we like to talk about that very much, but. Uh, I mean, if, if, if anybody has seen the movie, you know what it's about. You know, the, the world kind of heads into uh, trash overload. And uh, actually, it made me think of right away. It made me, when I was watching it, I thought of Garbage to the garbage Stars. Garbage to the Stars. Garbage May- to the Stars. You know, maybe maybe Garbage to the Stars <clears throat> was uh, subconsciously inspired by Wally. Could be. I mean, because it's very popular. I mean, well, I never saw it, though. I had no idea what Wally I knew it was about a robot and space well, right. and but i i had no i knew, i had absolutely no clue and then well that's the whole thing with the trailer you see the trailer and you're like oh cute little robot i mean i actually have to admit when i first saw the uh trailer for it it was just a little robot buzzes by and he's like molly and i was just like oh god this has got to be the most ridiculous cutesy movie ever i do not have any desire whatsoever to see this film and, you know, eventually got around to seeing it. And it was a good movie. What was actually kind of amazing was, the was I mean, the first, I don't remember exactly how long it was, but the first 40 minutes of the movie, there was like no, there no was like dialogue. Wally. Yeah, and there was like Wally and this cockroach. And, and, and Eva. Well, Eva was there, and so Eva said, actually, Well, even for the first 25 right. minutes, there was like no just, dialogue. Yeah, I mean, it was just setting up. You know, well, there was that little Hello Dolly dancing scene, right. but it was just like all this this visual setup, which was really, really cool. I mean, you know, silent films, there's a lot to be said for them because sometimes, like, we're, we're so overwhelmed with words nowadays that they, they've lost their meaning. They've lost their potency, as it were, you know? Mm-hmm. And in movies, it's like, bah, 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 you can have all this action, you have all this ideas and colors and people. And, and a barrage And then you got all dialogue. these words that you're trying to... And actually, if you've watched some of the big blockbusters, there's there isn't the plot line is kind of driven by the action there's there's no i mean if you look at a movie from 20 30 50 years ago there's and you and you analyze the 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 speaking parts i'm not i'm not making a generalization of all movies nowadays because there are good movies out there and of course we've talked about that but i think the majority of the movies from back then were much more well then again maybe it's only this movies that i've seen from back then because they're the only ones that have stood the test of time so hey right i you know see i'm always i'm i'm constantly thinking like that how many bad movies from the 70s never because they they fall off the charts and i mean i'm sure all these dukakis movies that we've seen from the 80s and the 90s will fall off the map and when we're sitting around in the 2020s and our kids are like oh man the 80s are just the bomb for the movies all these great movies and you're like yeah jesus you ever well, see lethal weapon 3 well what about Lord. what about star wars i mean the original star wars was there how was the dialogue was it stellar dialogue in there but it was no it was like wow these characters and this action and this this new science fiction genre and this this um, you know the, the the visual effects and the and the score the music and the you know and, but it was like yeah i got i got a 
I got a, I got a spaceship over here. You guys want to ride in my spaceship? We can fly over there. And no, I got, I got know, this big Wookiee. And roar. I mean, it's, well, but that all of that plays a factor. I think. Oh, help! Help! I think Star Wars was uh, big in scope for. Nah, nah, that's that actually kind of gets to a, a problem. Like, okay, so in 1977 when that movie first came out, it was big in scope. Like you had you had the Death Star, you had Tatooine, you had the spaceship, you had uh, the space station where the rebels were. I mean, you have all these locations that are planetarily based and up until that point like your science fiction movies had been like really cheesy like really bad models and really bad effects and yet this movie says alright well we really don't have that much money and sci-fi really hasn't been a viable media but yet I'm going to give you all of these locations and I'm going to give you all of these action pieces and you know we're going to make it work you know and that's what happens so like the problem is, is, is Lucas kind of took that a little too far when he came out with this second set of trilogies. He's like, I want to give you something big. I want to give you something that you've never seen before. And yeah, but as far as I'm concerned, gave us something big and gave us something that we've never seen before. But for God's sakes, it was, it was something like that was better off. Yeah, not left on undone. I mean, it was yeah. like a big seizure. I don't know what it yeah. was, but I it mean, was talk about like, dialogue. There was less dialogue in in the in the newer ones, I, as far as I'm concerned, than there were in like some of the. It's the not even really about third, the, It's not even really about the. Di- I mean, I the think, first trilogy. I think where the first one broke ground is just again the scope. Like I'm gonna. I'm going to create this universe for you and I'm only going to show you like a couple of minutes here and a couple of minutes here and then I'm going to show you 20 minutes in the trash compactor, right? And I'm going to show you 20 minutes on the uh, uh, Death Star shield reactor but yet I'm going to show you all these little blips and that's going to create this huge world, the universe for you and you're going to be like, wow, wow, it's so big in scope. And then when he came around to like do, he's he's got to like one up himself. He's like, well, not only am I going to show you all this universe, I'm going to show you all these crazy creatures and crazy vehicles mm-hmm. and crazy weapons and the politics that were behind it all. Yeah, and it's you know, too much. Yeah, way well. And I think too the the movie much. that that did take it um, where he wanted to go was Serenity because that one had kind of the scope. Lucas wasn't involved. With Serenity. No, I'm, I know, but I'm just saying that where he oh. wanted to go was there. And that that was whatever his name was, but uh, Joss Whedon. Yeah, I, that movie was kind of big in scope, but it had it had ideas and it had commentary and it had dialogue and it had interesting made you want to go and see it again, kind of like Star Wars. I mean, I'd go and watch Star Wars again, you know, see, but I, I wouldn't go and see probably one of the one of the second set of trilogies again. I wouldn't like. I, I like the third one, but I, whatever. Anyways, but I think the, the Joss Whedon movie kind of. Uh, has the same um, scope. Yeah, for lack scope. of a better word, budget. I mean, like lack of resources in one area forced him to come up with more resources in another area. More dialogue, a little bit thicker on a plot, uh, deeper characters. Well, he also, I mean, the story behind that was that they canceled the show and they right. said, well. You have all these ideas. Fine, we'll we'll throw you a bone here and give you two million bucks to go ahead and produce the entire. It was movie. more. It was probably so, like twenty million dollars. But still. well, okay. So he he had this you know nine year television series planned, right? And they got through like what two seasons or something. One one season. Well, they didn't even so he show. Just they didn't even show the entire season on uh, and TV. in the right and then in the right order. So. So he he was just introducing the characters in the in the television the pilots, first season, right. right? The first season, and he had this huge. He was gonna like arc, he, story he was arc. gonna like yeah like foreshadow, drop little hints, and and the characters were gonna develop all those ways along the ways, and probably you know break up and get back together and well and, right. 
And so he, all of a sudden, he only had like an hour and a half to do that, to do all of that. And I think he did a fantastic job. Well, I he mean, did. That's he did. probably one of my favorite movies, but, well, that's neither here nor there. I think another thing, too, is that, um, like, movies, I remember certain movies, like, uh, you know, from 40 years ago or whatever, where the entire movie, and I'm, I'm sure this can actually be done today, and I'm sure it is done, and I can't think of any off the top of my head, and I can't think of movies from back then off the top of my head, but if you think about it, like, they could take place in, like, one room. One room, like just two people talking. Twelve Angry Men. To well, I never saw it. But there was oh, it's a fantastic. Is it? Is it about a lawyer or something? It's about. Uh, it's about a, ju- a, a. It's a kind of a courtroom drama. It's like you see basically the end of this trial, and then twelve men. Actually, it's I think there's like eight women, eight men and four women or whatever. Twelve angry men. Twelve the jurors go into their room, and the rest of the movie pretty much takes place in the jurors' room with these jurors with them, like, just hashing it out. Like wow, oh you know, and, and you don't see any of the case, so you come in kind of dry, and you're just wow, you're understanding the case from these jurors' perspective. Sure. Fantastic. And as it starts off, I mean, it, it seems like it's a slam dunk. Like this guy murdered this girl, and you know they take the first vote. It's 11 to 1. And if it's 11 to 1, you got to talk it out. I mean, it has to be So then the 1 brought zero. up a bunch of points where, wow, I, wow, is it a, it's a really good movie? Yeah, and it's from like 1950 or 1960 or something. Oh, it it's is? black and white. Oh, see, well, there you go. It, I think it was probably based on a play. So the whole but it thing, came out again, didn't it? Didn't, it, didn't they just re-release it? If they made a remake, I have not seen it, and I would not, because the, the, the original is gripping it's good it's good dude cock is i can i could have swore that that they, they may have they may have i mean the, I, could, the, I could just I could the, look the it up name on the 12 anger man is like sticking in my craw that it just i've seen not maybe not trailers but i've heard because i don't watch a lot of movies i don't i don't keep up on movies but somehow when when they when they're produced and when they're made and if i see a single commercial or if i read what i do actually a lot of times is i'll read the onion or i'll read the isthmus and i'll look through the movie sections i'll be like just and i'll read synapses of the movies and i'll almost get the whole movie from that all right so it looks like 12 angry men the one that i saw was from 1957 and there was a remake for television in 1997 I don't think you saw anything about it. Maybe you did. I don't know. I, don't know. I never saw the television. I've, I've heard about that movie, though. Oh, it's very famous. I mean, it's when I first got Netflix, I was like, all right, it's I'll add it to my queue. Let's let's watch this thing. And I'm glad I did. It was a fantastic movie. Fantastic hmm. film. And like you said, I mean, it pretty much takes place. There's like two In one sets. room, yeah. There's like the courtroom, and then there's the jurors' room. And you spend like an hour and 20 minutes in the jurors' room and like 20 minutes, 10 minutes in the courtroom. Okay, so now in, in your vast knowledge of movies, <laughs> all right, open up, the, open up the movie folder in Jeremy's head. <laughs> Wow, it sounds like you haven't been in there in a while. It's Better gonna... oil that door. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, are, are, in the last five years, ten years, ten years even, if you can go back that far, if you have that that kind of... Uh, um, Cognitive movie uh, uh, resources. Database. Sure. Uh, uh, Fire PHP, away, man. Uh, see what happens. Retrieval uh, software. Querying database. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad packet, bad packet. <laughs> Crash error, fatal exception error. Blue screen. Have there been any other movies that were just kind of like really heavy on the dialogue and because there's no reason that you can't write a movie like that, 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 I mean, with good dialogue, you you shouldn't really have to have the score. I mean, yes, not to say that there's, that there's better, worse points to to doing that, but frame your question. What's your question? Have there been movies that have taken place with, with, uh, just a few actors with really good dialogue, and I'm not talking about like 
like that lockdown room with with Jodie Foster or whatever. Where it's like oh, oh the, the whole panic the room. whole movie was in the room there. Or whatever. That was an immemorable movie. Right. Well, Anyways. I remembered it, but well, you know what I'm saying. Something like the Twelve Angry Men made in the last five or ten years. I that, don't. I, you know, I'm gonna. I I'm sure there has been. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Paul Anderson makes really good dialogue-driven movies. Now, he made, um, what was the movie with the raining frogs? Magnolia. Magnolia. I mean, that's a very, that, that, now that's a very big-budgeted film, and there's lots of sets and everything. He also made uh, There Will Be Blood, which is extremely expensive-looking movie, but it's very dialogue-intensive and very interesting overwatch. Kevin Smith also makes very dialogue-driven, dialogue-heavy like movies. Like Clerks. Clerks. All of his films are really dialogue dialogue heavy i mean that's what makes his movies but i mean as far as like the 12 angry men where it's like two sets and a bunch of actors i i don't know of any well how about three actors talk sitting in a (laughs) french cafe Uh talking about talking uh, about religion and uh, one's an atheist one's what uh, happens after death yeah no that movie has not yet been made well hey (laughs) what we need is a third person to play the what do we have we've got agnostic uh, atheist and what do you call a religious person? Like religious altru- Christian. Uh, what's a, what's what's a, what's a grand like? Okay, so a believer. If you, if you have agnostic and atheist, what's another a word that says I believe in God? I want to say altruistic, but that's not the right word. Agnostora. Agnostoris. Uh, anti-agnostic. <laughs> a- an- a- abolitionist. See, because then you got your three A's. Yeah. All right, well, I don't know. So, the belief. You could just call it the triple A. The triple A. Yeah, well, that's a good word to look up. I'm sure there is one that would that, probably fit the right. bill somewhere. Well, anyways, that film has not yet been made. Do, do you think in that movie with the three, the agnostic, atheist... I think it would be a fantastic movie. Do you think movie. they sit in the French cafe all day? I mean, that's the whole movie. I think eventually they have um, to leave the French no, cafe. No, I think what I think the way it would be driven was uh, that you would, you would probably get... Maybe there'd be, like, introduction to the characters. Like, a little, little snippets of their lives, like, okay... This is who this is. This is who that is. This is who that is. Then they would meet at the cafe and they would start talking. They would have some drinks, blah, blah, blah. Then there would be a lot of flashbacks. There would be flashbacks to what made this guy the agnostic, what, you know, his, his family life or whatever, what made this guy a true believer and what, and then like more flashbacks saying, well, now imagine, and then maybe, you know, one, one guy would say, well, Each now imagine story, this. Maybe? And, and so even what you could do with that is you could do like, oh, well, I, dream sequences or no, whatever. No, I just had a brainstorm. All right. Here we go. Ready? I don't mean to cut you off. Did you have something? No, I was just. I just okay. want. I didn't want to bring up the point that I think. I just got very a, excited. There'd be a lot of flashbacks and stuff. So, you know? all right, you have your establishing shot of the cafe, right, and you kind of pan in on this circular table with three Zoom, guys yeah. sitting in. That establishes your shot. Then you have a camera kind of hanging in the middle, and what it does is it. Oh, it, it turns. It pans to you, and you're the agnostic guy or whatever. And you like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and then it like kind of yeah. slides over Sweet. to the atheist guy, and he's blah blah blah, and then it goes over to the guy who's a believer. Blah, blah. And then what you do is each person like describes why they feel they are in mini stories. So then you actually have like three small stories that describe why they are the way they are and how they actually got to that French cafe to have this discussion. And then, not a fourth story, what kind of a fourth story is the three people like going out to finish the movie but I don't know how you finish the movie or why why would they have gone to the cafe in the first place not just to talk about philosophy well maybe there's a business deal going on and it and it comes out in their conversation that you know one of them is is agnostic one of them is is a believer I I think you have to throw in a little bit of fantasy like uh, uh, the um, the Da Vinci Code right there was some like 
artifact. I, I never saw the movie. I never read the books. But, I mean, there was something that made Tom Hanks or that main character. Wasn't there a museum or something or an artifact or a, a, a passage uh, in a book or something that made him go on his little quest, right? And then knights well, and demons the, or and demons. It was in the Bible or something. And it turned out that, oh, because, because the Christian religion... Oh, oh, I think what they were trying to cover up was that it, uh, Mary Magdalene was actually Jesus's wife, and they had a child. Okay, and there was actually a like lineage a from Jesus that followed this, or something. Well, no, it was actually true, and the Bible was they and the Christian people knew it, like the Pope knew it, but they were trying to cover it all up. But there and was they, and there was like these people that that would go to extreme lengths to protect the the Catholic religion, right? But so because must, it would crumble if people found out that well, Jesus or even I don't know, it got to the point where maybe even Jesus was a woman. What well, Jesus was a woman or something? Where okay, but but there was a passage in a a diary, a, a Bible, a, a, an artifact or something. Well, they were looking for the Ark of the Covenant, I think, or something. Well, there was they, something or, that said, "Here's some." The, here's, yeah, they were looking for the proof. Here yes. is a clue that you should follow. Up yeah. on whether well, kind of like treasure hunt or whatever it is, national, national treasure, treasure, right? Yeah. Look at look at the five dollar bills or something. Well, that's my point. Is like you got to add a little bit of fantasy to the story that we just crafted to say like each well, person has heard a rumor of this. And the agnostic guy is like, yeah, you know what? I I would like to see this. And the atheist guy is like, I need to make sure that this is not true because if it's true, then everything I believed in or not believed in is a lie. And then the guy as a believer is like, I, I must find this and I must show this to my people because if they if they see this, they will believe. Well, and, no, so oh, oh. Are you thinking this would have to be there to, to make it interesting? It's a and, device. It's a plot device. Okay, but why? You mean to, to, to it, sell more more tickets to the movie so you can get a bigger budget from the producers no i just i mean because no, i personally yes that would that no. would kind of like i mean national treasure i, Look, I'm I mean not yeah it about, was a fun it was a oh, exciting movie but i never saw i would national rather treasure. i would rather see i mean because there's there's a dime a dozen those movies are all over the place i want to see a movie with three guys sitting there talking about their their perspective on it i don't want to oh okay now there's a little thing oh a plot device that's gonna everybody's gonna, no we have to find this thing i mean all the movies are like that nowadays but you have and to, that's what we have to I, as far as i'm concerned that's what i want to go away from i want to be the warner brother that says no you know what i want to go down i, I, I want to ski across a lake where nobody else has skied before right. i want i want to go somewhere but else you know it, okay. I, because that all of a sudden the 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 viewing public the sheep started saying well, hey, we've been we've been eating the same grass over here for a long time. It looks like the grass might be kind of greener over there. Uh, let's let's go check that out. And all of a sudden, <laughs> herd started moving in the other direction. You know, uh, look, and that's and that's kind of what I want to do here. I don't want to just fart around and make little movies. I because I, I, as far as I'm concerned, the ideas that we come up with well are are really. Uh, good ideas about the culture we live in and I, I think we, we are pretty articulate about it sometimes and I think we could put something out there that, that would kind of open people's eyes and that's what I'd like to do because as far as I'm concerned America is a great country but it it's it I don't know, maybe I'm two things, too, too, two things. too far here. but uh, The first thing is a justification of why I said something, and the second thing is going to completely countermand what I'm about to say. So the first thing is that... So you're going to be a hypocrite. I am going to hypocrite myself. Hypocrite my children. Hypocrite. Hypocritic. So the first thing I believe is that you, you can go to any cafe in... America, France, Italy, whatever, and you can probably find those three guys on any given day 
Drinking, drinking shooting lattes the, yep. and, and shooting and, the Dukakis and, 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 and shooting the Dukakis, right? They don't give a Dukakis. They're just going to talk about religion, right? You could find those three guys having that heated debate, right? Guaranteed. In one person at any given time in America, not one person, three people at any given time in America, Italy, French, France, Germany, whatever, are having that conversation. I don't know. It's a big country. I mean, it's a big country. It's a big doesn't world. Matter. It doesn't matter. Look There's at the, a look lot at the, of variety. Look at the red state, blue state. Look at, I mean, nah, I do, do Republicans sit down with Democrats at the table? No. Do, look, do, as soon as politics and stuff started coming up, as soon as religion comes up, you clam up. You're like, oh, that's it. Some people do. That's it. Oh, come on. A lot, okay, a lot of people oh, yeah. do, but not, come on. not everybody. That's what draws line. What do you think all the, what do you think 90% of the wars in, in the history of the human race have been about? Uh, religion well land acquisition capital land, uh, land and god yeah god I- imperialism but but who created land it's, god well so there you it go. comes down to god, god. <laughs> it comes down to their definition of god oh our god is look at this whole thing going on right now in iraq my god's better than your god my, my god could kick your god's dukakis my god could dukakis all over your god I don't oh, even know what that My means. God likes that. <laughs> Your God is sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why my God is better than yours. <laughs> um, He's the new God. Pretty soon everybody's going to be worshiping my God. Look, I, I just think there's a lot of diversity, and I think that I probably had that same conversation with... And it's probably where I got the ideas. 17 years old, sitting down on State Street with a bunch of friends. Uh, one person's like, oh, I'm not really sure. And the other person's like, oh, there's a God. And the other person's like, Dukakis, there's no God. But let me... Let me, let me Contradict. Contradictorize. Contradictorize myself. There was a movie uh, by Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I made a movie. Uh, He made a movie called uh, Cigarettes and Coffee. Cigarettes and Coffee. 200 cigarettes and And, coffee. And all it is, is it's... uh, Jim Jarmusch made uh, Night Night on Earth. Oh, okay. And he made... uh, but he, his movies are talking movies. A lot of the, very dialogue heavy, uh, and the majority of his movies, with exception, are like like three or four stories set in different places that revolve kind of around the same topic. For example, I can't remember. Uh, there was one movie I really can't remember what it was, but it all revolved around a gunshot in a hotel. So it was all these people that had all these stories that led up to this hotel, and then there was a gunshot, and then they all kind of looked, and the final story was the story about the gunshot that kind of connected all of these stories together. That's kind of his forte. And it went through a wall? It didn't go, it didn't kill anybody. It didn't go through a wall. It just like, everybody ended up at this hotel and then like, oh, you know, like I robbed a bank and I, my buddy got killed and oh, I need a place to hide and what was that? And then it would cut to the next story of, you know, whatever else. You know, you you, you understand what I'm saying? So, cigarettes and coffee is, not so much different it's it's like seven or eight stories of various people who are literally just having conversations over cigarettes and coffee and that's the entire film and it's it's not riveting i mean it's not so, so that's that's kind of the, it's a that good kind film. Of answers it's a good my movie. question that took you that long to answer my question are there any movies in the last five or ten years that all right yeah there, well but that was that was like 12 different stories so there's 12 different settings well but there was like a cafe i mean it's not like it they was, had big budget we're gonna go oh down God, and he probably build made, a big styrofoam wizard of oz city he probably made that movie for um, paint horses with green yeah, jello. I, would, I would look up the budget but i don't even think it's worth it he probably made that movie for a million or less dollars well, even a million bucks is a lot of money nowadays. Not for a movie. 
About seven hundred thousand bucks. I mean, he he had big name actors in there, but I mean, oh. they were his friends. I mean, so they got paid probably a scale or, or whatever that means. I mean, a million. We'll give bucks. you cigarettes and coffee. <laughs> there you go. All the cigarettes and coffee you want. You just got. He probably just he probably just Bill put Murray a hidden camera in the in the sugar bowl or whatever. No, no, there was some. It was obviously staged. There's some big name. Bill Murray was in there. He walks in. He's got like a great. I mean, it's Bill Murray, right? Like big actor, and he kind of walks. And he's like, hey, he serves somebody with some coffee, and then he just like walks off. It's like a fantastic cameo. So there you go, cigarettes and coffee. I guess my point is, is that was that, probably half the budget for the movie right, right there. Well, we got to pay Bill Cam- or Bill Bill Murray this cameo. Bill Bixby was Bill Bixby. It? I mean, he's dead. I mean, that's 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 we not had a to cheap the body, yeah, to get him up there. I Damn. mean, Jesus. I mean, the reanimate. We had to get Frankenstein, the Doctor Frankenstein, over here to re-erect him. <laughs> Excuse me. What do you? Were? All right. Anyways, resurrect, re re inject, re erect, up, up to up upscale, scale up, pay, uprect, um, uprectus. <laughs> so I guess I Uprectorate. mean, I, I guess I've hypercreated, hypercreated. I've proved your point that absolutely you could, you could just there there doesn't need to necessarily. Be we can make a movie of the podcast here. Up. Well, you could. No, I don't think you really could. I think sure, like the you're mov- over there playing with that thing and my bottle openers. I yeah. think I think the movie of this podcast would be the things that happened before and after. Sure. And the podcast would be done in montage. Well, and it would be do, like the best bits. Well, you know, it would be the best bits, and then and then well, there'd have you to be would like go home to Carrie and the like dream sequences. She would like, slap well, we'd be you. talking, and all of a sudden, you know, we'd come up with this this crazy scenario and all of a sudden it would like it would okay this this is all right now i'm gonna jump a little bit here but okay jump this is what uh jump around what what made me really interested in the whole wally movie okay because i watched it and it was really interesting and then and this is what i've been thinking about for a while with movies um because movies create a world right they create this this whole different world especially science fiction movies i Good mean movies do yeah right so you you get immersed in this world and you start to care about the different characters and i mean if you're if you're curious like me you, you kind of wonder like i'll watch i'll watch a, a shark documentary on on pbs or whatever and i'll wonder what about the camera guy? I mean, what what the, what what is what's he doing? You know, I mean, or what about those like African movies where there's like the guys like right next to the lions and the lions are tearing apart an elk, right? And this guy's like the trained professional. He's like, okay, I'm just gonna hide behind here and put mud on my face. Where's the cameraman? Yeah, cameraman shooting this stuff. You know, has he got like Uber Zoom and he's like a mile away, or is he like Must wearing be. like a bear yeah. suit? No, I, I hear or you. Like, I'm with you. In a war zone, it's like, oh, you got the reporters or whatever. Well, the cameraman's right there. He's always there. He gets no, no, you know. Okay, so my point is, I watched Wally, and then I watched. There was like a couple of little extra bonus movies. Yeah, I didn't see any of the uh, extras of Wally. Well, so there was one. Remember the little robot that went out to fix the the light that had broken, and then it like Wally went shooting in there, and then the door locked, and he couldn't get back in. Yeah. Anyways, it was a little scene blah, okay. blah, blah, when they were flying around with the took two years to create and seventeen million dollars. Right, and it was really good. <laughs> um, so there was there was a whole like ten minute featurette fig- featuring this little robot and how he okay he went out there and he was fixing the thing and then like something distracted him and then he lost the part and then he had to go back and get another part and then the other machine was like and gave him another part and he went out there and he was fixing it again and he like somehow that part broke and he had to go in and get another part. He had to go out there, and then Wally came in, and he got locked out, so he was stuck. And then the ship crashed, or whatever, and he was on the. All of a sudden, he's on the face of the planet Earth, and and he scans. He's like scanning, 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 and they're going back to what Wally's doing at that point, you know. And then he's scanning, scanning, and then he finds 
the dispenser of the part that he needs and he like goes over there and he just gets another part and he goes and he puts it up there and then he sees the ship and it's like oh look it's the thing that i fixed is finally working right and uh-huh. this is like it just i mean it there's a lot more to what i'm explaining here but then like i don't recall this scene at all but go ahead no well, going. this was the little vine- this is the little, little sep- vine- sure this was like a separate movie oh you could build an entire movie based on another character I in, an, in because usually movies have a protagonist right right and and an antagonist okay there's usually a good guy and a bad guy and there's there's supporting characters right, right. there's like the main character there's your secondary character and sometimes there's they're all kind of equal but usually there's like one guy right, right. Indiana, the indiana jones right and well what about how did the other people get there and what sure. are they thinking the whole time and what if this whole movie was written and and i mean i guess it would be a less exciting movie because, yeah, the the hero of the movie is the one you want to watch because all the action. He's the one that drives things. He's the he's the entrepreneur. He's the, he moves things forward. Yes, but then again, so what? Things are moving forward whether he would move them forward or not. And if he moved him in that direction, all right. If he wasn't there, they would move in another direction. And so this other person could, because we're all basically our own we're, we're we're writing our own movies and we're living our own yeah. movies the whole time that's actually how i view my life is a, is a big movie i think right. and it's like oh all right i have a scene at the shop then i have a scene at home and i have a scene down in the basement of jeremy's house and then i have a scene driving my car and i mean that's the way i see my life basically you know well now that i mean th- there's another movie that you should see uh schenectady new york did you see that hmm it was by the same guy schenectady schenectady it's spelled like synectady but it's pronounced schenectady Anyways, but it was it was uh, directed and written by Charlie Kaufman, who did oh uh, uh, that's not Andy Kaufman, not Andy Andy Kaufman, uh, 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 head the guy that Max was, Headroom. Oh oh oh! Uh, Thank you. Come on, you got it. It's on the tip of your tongue. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, uh, John, being Hughes, John Malkovich, being John Malkovich, and and many other films, but being John Malkovich is probably the one that he's most memorable for. I mean, so. Number Malkovich, one, Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. That's what we should say instead of Dukakis. <laughs> Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. Shut the Malkovich up and let me explain my Malkoviching story. Hey, right? Malkovich, you. Oh, Malkovich. <laughs> uh, so, given that it's Charlie Kaufman, given that you kind of understand his writing style, the movie is bizarre, right? Sure. But in the movie, the the main character, and I just saw this like a couple of weeks ago. It's a fantastic movie. You should really watch it. But you really have to like Schenectady. Well, it's spelled S-Y-N-E-C-H-O-D-E. So it looks like it's pronounced Synectity, but I guess they pronounce it Schenectady. It's a place in New York. I don't know. Schenectady. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Anyways, uh, it's about this this guy who is a, a playwright, and he kind of comes up with this uh, um, remake of uh, play. God, I can't even remember what the play was. But uh, his wife is like, yeah, you know, it's kind of trite. And so he kind of is driven mad to, to come up with this ultimate play. Mm. And what he ends up doing is he goes to uh, Manhattan. He buys this warehouse. And what he ends up doing is building like a miniature set of his life, his apartment, his girlfriend's apartment, his wife's apartment, because there's there's like a whole love affair thing that's going on. Uh, like like he ends he ends up writing in like his assistants like for this play, and he's got 
oh it just gets bizarre because he's just like driven mad by like there are no small parts like he wants to have a main oh. character like drive this play but as he's like writing and he's living his life he's just like no he realizes this that everybody is, yeah. this person is important this person and so then wow. he's like he's developing understudies so at some point there's like three of him following him because he's got all these <laughs> understudies like I'm a character now too so uh, you're gonna play me but you need to have an understudy but both of you need to be following me because you have to understand me right and it's not like self-centered like that because he's got like un, un, like his wife it's like you have to follow my like these two girls have to follow my wife and then his wife gets killed not his wife actually it's his girlfriend gets killed and so his um the 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 uh, stand-in fills in for his wife so they have to get another stand so there's like two people following the stand-in because everybody's important and so then you have to have characters playing the stand it just, just gets maddeningly large with the cast and basically he ends up writing this play for like 17 years because he's just like there's just I, every character is important there's just I, I just have to, you know it, you know what it reminds me of what's that that little uh, article you sent me today about about the people that that collect garbage and that go crazy like hoarding their stuff because they're, they're they hold on to everything because <laughs> everything's important to go right and they're it's just like oh this is this is important i have to say oh my papers Oh, my papers. Yeah, the, you know, piles and piles of garbage. It's like, oh, I don't want to throw anything out because this is important. This is important. Oh, this is part of me. I can't get rid of it. I, I have to, this is, this, is, this is an integral part of my life and I, had, I touched it and it, I, I don't want to let it go because I don't know who will get a hold of it. And Well, that's, that kind of borders on paranoia. But that borders on point. And actually that... Well, that film sounds like it kind of borders on paranoia. Oh, um... Maybe not, maybe not paranoia, but paranoia, is there a word for like everything is super important? Because paranoia is like it's not narcissism because it wasn't just about him because actually uh, towards the end of the film too much empathy. It, well, that's what it is because towards the end of the film he's like I, I've lost touch. I, I just and so one of his understudies who's actually a woman at this point comes up. She's like I'll be you and you will be the understudy and he's like oh that's fantastic and all of a sudden this woman is driving the story and he's like just follow, he's got a little earpiece in his in his in his uh in his ear <laughs> that's where an earpiece would go and she's just like okay now do this now do this this is what you would do this is what you would do and he's like oh yeah that that makes perfect sense and he's doing it. He's, he gets lost wow, in this whole thing anyways Sounds yeah. like a good movie. Connected in New York is a, is was a good it was a really good film really yeah. good film do you ever feel like that um, Do you feel like everything's really important? Only if I'm on drugs. <laughs> I mean, in, in life, no. And I haven't really been on those types of drugs for a decade or so. So, no. I, yeah, sometimes I think I feel that you know, every, well, every person, and that's that's kind of what I was building up to is that like that 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 would be an interesting film to make. Maybe not to the point of like paranoia or too much empathy, but just just building a world. Like a really good film, and then and then taking the film instead of the uh, the the point of view of the protagonist or the hero, as it were, like driving the film, like backing off and saying, "All right, well, let's let's see what this other person has to say." And I think like uh, films like Magnolia and uh, it, was True Romance like that, where where they kind of like built the the scene up to a certain point, and then like backed off, and then like built the scene to the same point with with another set of characters, and then kind of built it up with another set, and then it all kind of came together. No, True Romance pretty much consistently revolved around Christian Slater and how he was going to sell his cocaine. 
Okay. Well. But, I mean, it had, I mean, it, it would leave Christian Slater for a while and it would go to another uh, set of characters who were, you know, like maybe like the drug dealers or whatever, and it would deal with them for a little while. Well, it, but every movie come, does do would, that. Every movie does back that. back to Christian. I mean, uh, look, True every Romance mo- every is movie one of my that. favorite films ever made. I mean, it's just a fantastic movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. And I don't, I don't know why I keep bringing it up because I, I for some reason, I thought it was that kind of, But every film does that, really. Every film, I mean, they don't follow the the even even all right. Probably the 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 the, the perfect example of, of that kind of film, like where it's very hero driven, would be um, like like uh, Indiana Jones. Right now, that entire movie revolved. Which around, one? Well, it doesn't really matter. I don't, he's he's the hero, and he all right. You know, it's going to be Harrison Ford with a whip and a funny hat, and he's yeah. going to run around and solve all the problems. And you know, he's the man. Or or James Bond. Look okay. at James Bond movies. Okay, any one of the James. You pick one. The the camera is on James Bond. You well, know, and then the ba- and the bad guy, right? So there's a, your antagonist and your protagonist, right. right? You got you got your main character, you're a good guy and your bad guy, and, it's and like, it doesn't right, really divulge into any of the back story, right? Characters. Or, or even look at Doctor Who. I mean, Doctor Who is like <laughs> camera on Doctor Who all the time, right? Oh, they'll go to the Santaran ship or whatever and like the do a couple scenes on them, and the, but then oh, Doctor Who's going to solve the problem, and eighty percent of his, it he, is he's got his little doctor. he's got his little understudies, he's got a little his little you know his lady friends that follow him around, sure. right? Right, but. 90%, 80% is just it's the, all Doctor, Doctor Who. Sure. Where and and it works. It works because it's, you know, he's he's this eccentric character that, right. that you're kind of interested in and it's this crazy world that they they build. Um but I think there's something to be said for for movies that might well uh, like I think that my life is a movie, you know? I have I have my scenes that uh, okay I drive to work I get my kids up for school or for for daycare or whatever I go to the shop I run the shop I'm like all right man, I talk to all these people and sometimes I get I kind of spread out into this Schenectady feeling in the monkey you know where I'm like oh all these people all these people are really important and I'm I want to I'm gonna sell them like you know five dollars worth of stuff but they're very important because they're in here and they're they're paying for my kids you know to, to eat because Look, uh, okay. this is this is what I do and, I, and I'm taking a little money from them and I'm providing a service for them and so they are integral parts and and, and I, I treat them as such you know there's there's uh, Dukakis's that come in you know that I'm like hey I don't really want your kind of uh caucusing around in here. here right but uh you know 90 percent of my customers i'm like hey you know hi now, this is i'm i don't think that this is a unique idea but i don't know that this has actually been filmed uh what are you coming up with something here and put on the silver screen but i've always thought that an, an interesting idea for a movie would be to have a dollar bill or a five dollar oh bill. sure and where's you, george well not even as stupid as that but like follow for an hour and a half two hours a, a movie length uh, uh this dollar bill and it's the, the dollar bill is really the, the protagonist sto- the, the, the protagonist of the movie and i don't even know if there's an antagonist of this movie i mean it's just it would have to be Stuff kind of like happens. interestingly crafted stories it would probably be like three or four little stories of a couple stripper clubs sure you could have that and then, then there the could strippers be like would story get this and money she and be, dollar and then she's like sitting there talking about oh i had to work again and i'm making this money 
so I can, you know, well, then you get fo- braces or get my kid in You follow school. that. She goes home. She's a single mother. She's she got gives, a kid. And then she gives that $1 to her kid who goes and buys a piece of candy and the woman working at Walgreens that takes the money. She's like, oh, I'm going to take this dollar because ah, it's this kid. I'm not even going to charge for this one. Well, and you could even make it interesting. I mean, you could make the dollar bill start off as change from a Walgreens for a pack of cigarettes. And, and bring it all back. And know? then, like, that guy goes and does all this stuff and then goes to the stripper. Oh, actually, you know what? I had a really good idea. The stripper gives it to the kid, and the kid goes back to Walgreens with his dollar bill to buy a sucker or whatever. I mean, you could do, you could do a lot of things, and I think uh, the interesting thing there is that it kind of ties back into where it started. I actually had an idea like that um, for a movie, but it it revolved around a puzzle piece. Well, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I ever tell you this one? Yes, where the where baby th- Jesus, the baby Jesus. So here's somebody building this puzzle, you know, on their on their table, and they're and they're it's like this nativity scene or whatever, and they're putting this whole puzzle together and. Yeah, they've been up all night and they really want to finish it and this could actually dovetail into the old antagonist uh, or uh, agnostic sure Jesus people and, and atheists so he's building this puzzle and they're, they're getting really tired at the end of the night and they're like oh let's just uh, I, we gotta finish this puzzle tonight there's you know a thousand fifteen thousand pieces whatever it's the hugest puzzle ever let's order a pizza so the pizza guy comes and they somehow the the pizza guy gets a hold of this puzzle piece this one puzzle piece and then he takes gets it stuck to his foot whatever whatever yeah sure and he you know goes home with the puzzle piece in his pocket and then he sleeps at his girlfriend's house and then she like takes the pants somewhere else to get him washed and it falls out and then somebody else picks it up and and then the the guy that's like trying to build this puzzle he gets to the end and there's this one piece missing and it's the baby Jesus. have you seen the baby I'm looking and then he like goes out looking for this puzzle piece then you can follow him he looking for it he tries to find the pizza guy and then guy, he's like right this guy's like I stay with my girlfriend he goes talk to the girlfriend and the then the puzzle like, well, so, I took my boyfriend and then the you're dry following so then you're following the puzzle piece as, as one little part of the movie and then you're following the guy looking for the puzzle piece who's always one step right behind it somehow or like like going off in a totally different direction but then at the end somehow it all meets up well, right he, yeah. yeah I mean that's yeah that would I think those that would make some for some pretty interesting movie I mean it's not it's not the one room two guys talking or anything but it, it's a fairly low budget film though I think I think you could get get, get away on a shoestring budget but the problem is the shoestring budget in, in it needs some good writing well you need good writing but you still need good seven, lighting you still need to have seven hundred thousand bucks to make that film we could make it for seven hundred bucks put it on YouTube and see what happens look at that look, what did I tell you what with this Chad Vader thing I mean what the hell is that? I, do you really like that? I've never actually seen an episode of Chad Vader. There's I like understand. 20 of them. The guy's, he's, he has he like, gets a millions and millions of hits. Store or something. Yeah. And he's just Darth Vader's he's, he's brother. Darth Vader's brother. And Chad it's like, it's, I don't, I don't appreciate the humor in it. I don't, I don't get it. I just, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Look, it's, it's if <laughs> not my thing. And maybe I'm just kind of a stick in the mud curmudgeon, but. You and me. Tomorrow could film Bob Fett, Boba Fett's brother, right? And we could get a million hits, and we could film twenty of these if we had a good costume. Yeah, I'm yeah. Bob Fett. You know, my brother was a Bob the a, plumber. Yeah, I'm a plumber. A uh, he's, plumber. He went sure, off. To be, yeah, yeah. He went off to the Space Corps. He went off to be the Space Corps to become a bounty hunter, and uh, you know, when he comes back for Christmas, he brings us great gifts, like you know, uh, I kind of got left with the crazy scraps, Jello but, from uh, Altair's Five, and you know, it living. pays the bills. I, I, I sweat the pipes, and you know, he, he sweats the bad guys or the good guys, depending on who's paying the bills. You know. Right there, you got a you got a five minute bit about Bob Fett. Yeah, Boba but it Fett's would take brother. it would take some some writing. It would take some. Come on, you you did about three seconds there. Well, 
And it really didn't capture my imagination, but but doesn't matter. I know what you're saying. You could you like, get all you need yeah. is the costume. You need just what is uh, Chad Vader? Chad Vader is he's got the Darth, Darth, Darth Vader, Vader yeah. helmet, right? Yeah, and and like an apron, right? So you, I don't. He, well, I, I've also, never actually also, seen him. They also film it at the Willie Street Co-op after hours. Sure. So which so, is which is you know kind of cool. They have a good. They don't have to pay for it. They probably he, got, he probably works there for Christ's sakes. He's like, hey, I wanted to film this thing. Can I just sure? Use so it? they start filming at ten o'clock when it closes, yeah. and they film till midnight three nights a Boom, week and done. bam yeah. get an episode yeah but i mean you do the same thing with bob fett i mean bob fett's the you plumber could do, you could do uh job of the hut's backstory you know what well, how how he made it through the you know the mafia he, <laughs> he worked his way up as a little worm and he that'd be kind of fun you know well originally i wanted to be a poet but uh but then i developed something for the uh bikini girls actually i was a, a bodybuilder i looked like Arnold schwarzenegger but then i took too many steroids and this is what happened <laughs> i took too many steroids and started eating fritos and ate too many so- cookie <laughs> Let me Cookie. tell you, the construction of the Rancor pit, that was uh, that was a nightmare. That was one of my first jobs. Man, the contract. The contract. The contractor costs. I mean, they were just, it was supposed, it was billed out for three months, but it took three I had them all eaten years. by that giant thing down there, though. <laughs> I kept feeding them to the Rancor because they wouldn't deliver. Ho, 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 <laughs> I mean, they overquoted me on the drywall. What was I supposed to do? Oh, And those big ho. bars. My God, they had to ship them in from Beetlejuice. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I mean, the Pleiades. You've got 50% of your work cut out for you if you're going to, right. to a Star Wars Right on some coattails. Or yeah. a Star Draft. Trek. Draft. Uh, yeah. But if you want to like... If you Something wanna, new. If you want to do this baby Jesus puzzle piece thing or the atheist, the agnostic, and the believer, I mean, you're, <laughs> you don't have your work cut out for you. I mean, that's where you have to start. you got to Well, actually, you no. Know, I think the, 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 the phrase, you have your work cut out for you, means that you have a lot more work to do. You got your work cut out for you? No, yeah. it just means like half your work's already done for you. Mm, no, I don't think so. I that, well, I, I think well, I, type it in. You could type that in right now. I'll I'll talk about uh, <laughs> Cookie, like Cookie Monster and 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 uh, Job of the Hut. You know, they could they could get there and sing a duet. Right, that might be kind of fun. Ah, uh, uh, see, it's my Cookie. Oh, 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 Cookie, good enough for me. Okay. All right. What does it say? Read it. Read it. Well, looks like you've got your work cut out for you, says your boss. This familiar uh, phrase inspires dread and reinforces the obliteration of your weekend plans in a single blow. Like the series of periods at the end of an unfinished sentence, it conjures a certain sense of foreboding which surrounds overwhelming task at hand. Well, I mean, that kind of... It means that it's you have a huge task at hand. It doesn't mean that, oh, it's all been laid out before. No, it means that you, wow, okay, this is a big chunk of work to do. In I know what you're saying. this particular example, your boss is like, hey, you got your work cut out for you. Don't worry about it. Just have that thing ready for me by Monday. And you as the employee is like, you don't have a Dukakis clue what, what you're talking about. What, I what? have a lot of work to do to make this thing happen. But your boss is like, no, nah, you got your work cut out for you. You'd be a bing, bang, boom. You'll have this done in 30 minutes. No, no, you, no. That's you, got the way it, I- you got it just the opposite. No. No, your work, you've got your work cut out for you. That means like every 50% of that thing is in line for you. You just got to nail down the other 50%. 
I don't want to argue the semantics of that phrase because we could Google this till we're blue in the face. We have other pressing things that we need to talk about, too. All right. Well, whip them out. Blender. Whip them out. I got nothing, really. <laughs> I just don't want to uh, argue about that particular phrase. All right. Maybe you're right. I, right. I, I tend to believe that that phrase means that, like, half the... Sh- you believe whatever you want that phrase is to mean. Half the Dukakis is, is done for you. You just got to finish the rest of it. Anyway. When was the last time you heard that phrase? Well, it doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> okay, but... Anyways, regardless of what that phrase phrase means, if you come out with Bob Fett, don't you believe that you come out with some shite and and you would get 500,000 hits? As long as you got that mask and maybe you've got like a ship flying by. Okay, so maybe that's the way to catch people. Maybe that's the way way to, uh, to hook them. But see, now Chad Vader is like, there's like 20, 40, I don't know how many episodes are out there, but he just keeps doing the same thing. Right, the same thing over and over. And it's like, oh, I'm Darth Vader's brother. And so you could you could shelves. like you could hook them with the with the Boba Fett. But the people that were like kind of interested in the kind of like, oh, I'm just well, all right, let's all right, fine. It's only a minute and a half. I'm gonna watch it. But then like maybe you do the next one. It's like, oh, now it's gonna like go and and go into a different direction and go, you know, his mom and then go to his brother and then go to his sister and then go to his grandfather. And Holy shit. Holy Dukakis. I mean, are you talking, are you literally talking about doing like an entire family tree of the Boba Fett's? Of the Fett's? I don't know. I mean, because I'm talking about the the idea. I believe that that would get a million hits too. I mean, if you start with his brother Bob and then his sister June and then his mother May and then his grandfather Cletus Fett, who was a moonshine uh, on the moon. Moonshine farmer. He was a moonshiner on the moon. (laughs) Yeah, I I think those. He was up there shining the moon. He thought there was gold. I think think those also. Yeah, you could totally have a crazy guy with a Boba Fett mask, like, oh, there. There's, there's there's gold in these moon rocks. I just got to crack them in half. I'm so proud of my grandson. He's a bounty hunter, but I'm going to find gold. That's all you got to do. And I mean, if you have a convincing set and if you've got that mask, you've got laughs. It may not be good. I mean, it might be trite. Campy. Campy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of those statements, but you've got hits. Well, let's do something like that. Let's just get some hits. Let's That's get, called selling what, out, though. What, oh, it's not. Because you Come don't. On. Look, the guy that did Chad, Chad Vader probably was like, wow, this is a, this is a funny idea. This is a fantastic. I got a grocery store as a set. I've got a couple of clerks who are willing to stay with me after hours. You uh, got a million hits. We can bang this thing out, and this is going to be. And I, I'll you just, got a million hits, and now he's. Did you see? I actually. He's uh, been on, like, uh, Letterman and, and, yeah. and, and, and Dukakasing Colbert and. He's been everywhere. Really? Oh, absolutely. I don't know if he's been there, but yeah, he's, he's on all the talk shows and stuff. Sure. Wow. Well, I know he was on. Uh, he was on uh, some live broadcast in L.A. with uh, the Willet Blend guy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was that was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. They they blended up an iPod or something, and I was like, or an iPhone, and I was like. Whoa. And the the they oh, all these people are screaming, and it was like oh the main event, and they dragged him out of. Uh, yeah, I I have to go to lunch. I mean, right. it, the dialogue was so weak. It just, it killed me. I'm like, well, he's, what? He's created a universe and he has to fit within those confines. And that universe is that he's a grocery store worker who has to take his lunch break at a scheduled time and coffee breaks and probably drop the schedule. I mean, there's not much you can work with there. So, yeah, if he's wow. live on L.A. News with the Willet Blend guy, sure, he's going to be like, oh, that's fantastic that you've blended up that I, I Oh, my gosh, my break's almost over. <laughs> I gotta go. You know? I mean, what? well, how much can you work with that? But 
You probably, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You got your work cut out for you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? What's what is the point? The point is is that hopping on the coattails, coattails, somebody else sure, is selling I, out, huh? We, we may not agree with the work cut out for you, but coattails. We can just sum it up with coattails. I mean, if you ride some coattails, we could do. Uh, You're not necessarily selling out there because everything's been done before. I mean, all ideas are recycled and rehashed. No, come on, come on. We could yes. do. We could do. Uh, 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 Captain Kirk's cat sitters. Wow, man! Captain Kirk has gone off on that spaceship again. We got to watch his cat, and his cat his cat gets into all these crazy antics. You know, <laughs> right? That's not that been done. Be, that that be, has not been done yet. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You should totally do that. That'd be <laughs> well, great. There you go. But that's a coattails thing. That's like Shh, your master will come back soon. <laughs> I know and you then he comes s- back, and see, you'd have to get William Shatner, and he would—he's the kind of guy that would probably do it. You know, you'd call him up, he'd be like, "Dude, I got, I got five hundred thousand hits on YouTube with your cat sitter thing. I need you for this. I, I need you for a cameo. Just you to show fly up and I out to Madison. We'll, we'll buy you fancy cigars or well, whatever well, you like. I think you could do that if you'd be like, I'll play for your paint pit." Pay for your plane ticket and your hotel. You just—I'll get you a nice looking hooker. You just got to shoot this one minute scene with your cat. Oh, he'd be like Kitty. Hell yeah, I'll do that. He would do that. I, you know, I've missed you so much, but now I must get back to <laughs> my get... ship, <laughs> dude. Then you get a fifteen million hits right there. So, but I, I truly believe or, that that's a coattails thing. Yeah, I mean, or if you Batman. Want... You could do the some something you know backstory of Batman again, but like the old Batman, like oh, like Adam West Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and what what Alfred was really thinking the whole time? Oh, Master uh, Bruce. Here we go again. Oh, Robin's at the door again. I'll I'll, I'll just put myself in the <laughs> in the back room so I won't hear anything. <laughs> but I think I I mean again that's all coattail stuff. I mean. Yeah, but you, okay. You, you so it. you know what? You start with the coattails, and then you and then you take off because. Well, then are you talking about making a name for yourself, like Jeremy and Eric, the creators of Captain Kirk's Cat presents? Where's the baby Jesus? No, not even I, just, just okay. Uh, kind of like the the hero that drives the the story. It, it 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 fundamentally interconnects back to that because if you watch a movie you got your hero and he's driving the the movie right yeah. okay fine so you 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 make another movie that kind of okay yeah well this this hero is there but he is fundamentally interconnected to all their uh, like other human beings and those other human beings are just as important they're just as integral parts of this world of this society what well, are they more or less important well okay he's the hero and he like grabs the bag of diamonds or whatever it is and he he gets away with it and he foils the the natives you know whatever he does um but these other people these these supporting people that are with him are just as important and without those people he would not be where he is either right right so tell their stories go you know jump jump main characters Jump main characters and say, okay, well, and it, yeah, okay, fine. It, it Look, goes to Bob Fett, okay? It goes to what the cat sitters. But go ahead, all right, and start with that and then and then say, all right, this is what we're capable of. This is what we're going to do and then and then go off and say, all right, well, now cat sitters in general, now there's there's a lot of other famous cat sitters and blah, 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 and then, and then, and then make up, okay, and now the cat sitter for this person and then come up with some fictitious person that's going to be Little Orphan Annie's dog sitter. No, the, uh, the protagonist that you make up. 
right? No, I'm, our I'm protagonist that that we come up with who is well, going to be the main character of another movie that is going to deal with uh, multiple things. I don't know. I don't know. I think what you're talking about, and this is something that I've wanted to do in some form of medium, and it's what they do in comic books a lot, is you create a universe, but this universe takes a, a while to create. And and what what I mean by universe is you create uh, a set a, a scenario that has rules and you can like physical rules like laws of physics no maybe. Or, or 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 um it depends cultural like, norms like like maybe oh you don't you you hold your pinky out when you drink tea and, maybe and, and anything you wear a petticoat or okay like if you're gonna do like a superhero story right like you've got your superhero law of physics or yeah maybe maybe oh, he only has certain he only has certain powers well he can only fly so high and he can only he, he, he can only I'm thinking a little bit more broad like okay uh, I create this universe and in this universe uh, spaceships exist and spaceships can travel to this particular planet but there's these three other planets which are controlled by this other faction of people that you know they, they, they attack us but we don't really know much about them they don't mind. I mean old man's war okay sure but I mean like okay absolutely take old man's war for example and now Take that structure that that uh, 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 author created, that mm-hmm. and call that a universe. Now he's yeah. he's created some rules. a reality. He's created a reality, and in that reality, when you become old, you can transmogrify your body into mm-hmm. a young person. You go fight this war, right? So there's confines and constructs that he's created, right? Now, how many other stories could be told within those confines and those constructs? Oh my that God, he's created a million, a million, as many. As movies that have been told in the reality that we live in. Right. Now, comic books have been doing that for for decades. That's why they can get away with 700 issues. Right. Because, right. like, you, you just keep, like, okay, you do this. Let's go back to this character that we introduced 20 years ago. And, and let, let's just give a little him his old yeah. series. The, little, the and, little boy that was delivering papers when, when the Flash it, yeah. walked by. And, oh, and he went on to, to do this other thing. Right. And he became a superhero in his own right because the, the superpower. He got bit by a different kind of spider. <laughs> right. Exactly. Whatever. Or the same spider that bit Peter Parker, like, moved on and also bit... Uh, or had some uh, babies and they those babies had different different radi- radioactive powers that powers it, that, that it they infused onto it, certain yeah, people and inflicted so i mean that's something that i mean but that's there's a lot of um you have to first of all create that universe a the world. story yeah reality and within that story you have to create your confines and your constructs so and then the next time around you can say you know okay so the question here I the question know, here well, what is do you the question here is do you create that reality first or do you create the characters first that's the question then i think that you create the story first of your protagonist and possibly your antagonist right but and then create a reality around them but that the reality shapes around them and so once you finish that first story oh sure yeah you have uh, hopefully if you're a good author or a good writer you've got a fully fledged universe and i use that in air quotes okay here's here's a good that you can build here's a good question um, game designers. Yeah, Do they, they have they have what, what are those called? What are those called? Cartridges. What are those called? Uh, game engines. Engines. Yeah. Do they? Do they? I mean, engines. They they take an engine. And they say, all right, let's create another character, and and we'll just run it through this engine, and he'll have a little different powers, and he'll. So w- w- when they create new games, do they usually? 
um, come up with a with a with a protagonist with a with a, a, a character first. I mean, I'm not talking about like the Harry Potter series of video games. You know, I'm talking about. I mean, <laughs> no, I like like uh, okay, let's let's call the guy that that created Mule. I mean, did he come up with? What did he come up with? Or, or Mario Brothers? What, what did he come up with? Mario Brothers and say, "All right, now they're going to be doing, they're going to be jumping on turtles." I mean, what, what the, <laughs> let's, these plumber guys, you know, what, 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 two I mean, plumbers fall into this alternate universe and <laughs> they have to capture the princess for some unknown reason. But and there's, there's a huge turtle and these things that they call Goombas, but they've never seen them before and they're stepping on them. Personally, I would see a Goomba do cockasing run the other direction. Uh, <laughs> Look, I that's mean, a good question because, that, uh, in fact, more I say, well, maybe not more, but the video games nowadays seem to be just as um, important to people, to kids, to 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 our generation. Well, maybe not. Oh God, our generation. That, well, that just dated me. But like <laughs> kids, I mean, when they yeah. watch movies, they're like, oh yeah, okay, movie. But video games, they'll sit there and play a video game for eighty hours, right? Sure. Movie they'll watch once. Oh yeah, movie. Ah, that's like a that's like a half an hour Gilligan's Island to us back then. It was like, oh, we're gonna watch this episode of this. Now it's like these kids are like, ah, this movie. Oh, that's yeah, kind of an interesting movie. But I want to get back to my video game. That's got, that's the reality that I want to immerse myself in. Right game to play. So now, no, the movie because that's actually a movie too. A video game is a movie. Sure, and you become the protagonist that yep. that that has been built actually already and is there and the movie is already written but you're just kind of walking through the movie the problem, playing that sure, part the problem with most movies is that the final outcome has already been predefined and you're just going through the motions you're just controlling the motions that movies need, or video games video games oh. you're controlling the motions that need to be satisfied in order to get to your predefined uh destination but, but do you usually know what that destination is you don't to save the so, world i mean right i mean so there's 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 that Get back home to the cats it's kind of like a choose your own adventure sort of in the fact that like all i mean like a choose your own adventure it's all predefined it's all written for you you're just reading a paragraph do you go left do you go right do you yeah. kill the goblin do you kind of like dirk uh um what what was the what was the the castle adventure the the original the video game where you like oh uh adventure uh, no, 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 like Dragon's Lair. Oh, Dragon's Lair. Where oh, you'd like have to go push left, right, or forward. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, that was the, that was the totally, that that totally typified that. At the time, it was revolutionary. You look back but at But that typified that like, choose your own adventure uh, thing where it's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, you get to if the... If you press the joystick it, left, you die. You, you die. press it right, right yeah. you live. Yeah, you just have to like remember left, you right, just left, have to right, remember up, down, left, right, And yeah. timing was a big aspect. Yeah. Um, Video games, though, the question that you asked, do they create the characters or do they create the worlds? I mean, I think what, for most video games, I mean, the, the, the majority of the genre these days are these first-person shooters, right, where you run through the world, you are you, you see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, first you person, become the protagonist, person. yeah. Uh, and what happens is a company comes out with an engine, and in these engines are certain physics limitations and graphical capabilities mm -hmm. and so a publisher says wow look at all the things that we can do with this engine and they give this engine to a writer and the writer says wow look at all these things that i can do with this engine and he writes a story within the confines of the engine's capabilities uh sometimes not really utilizing the full capabilities and sometimes like we're gonna go to the extreme push it yeah we're gonna just go like god like, of war 
sure, sure. God I read about the, yeah. I read about that where they where they had the storyboards and they were like, all right, we're going to push every aspect of this, and we're yeah. just going to we're going to take this engine and we're going to just yeah. like drive it, and like they're going to have to come up with a new engine because we're going to do everything that this engine can possibly do, and maybe even a little bit more. We're going to redline this this Dukakis, <laughs> this Dukakis. Uh, and so, yeah, what was the question? What the answer is? The engine defines what you can do, but you give it to some creative story people who say, "Wow, we can do all this stuff." All right, let me let me so brainstorm. We so got this guy who does back, this thing to bring it back to and the then movie you've got question. The coders and the coders come in and try to make what the writers want to happen happen. Right, and then you so, play the game. So, to bring it back to the movie question or the movie metaphor of. Do you create a reality and then and then lay your characters on top of it, or do you create the characters and then let the characters create that reality? I don't know. See, I mean the way the way. So I was trying to make an idea, a metaphor for for video games to movies. No, I and I think it's a valid metaphor for sure. For sure, about. But movies seem what movies seem to be more character driven. Like you write the character, and then the character goes and do, does things, and then the reality kind of follows them. Look, it because you don't need an engine with a movie. You don't need an engine with a book. You need a character. You need a strong character, and you need a plot. And that character rides through the plot, and the plot can change, and the physics of that reality, the physics of that engine, can change at any point because it's 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 written word. It's not necessarily coding that's like oh now we're gonna have to go back for six months and have 2500 people that, that have been working on this recode all this stuff and and it's gonna cost 20 million dollars and just no our, but we're over yellow beam here you ring. got you got some guy sitting in a basement and his computer going tick, 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 tick. oh i'm gonna delete you know the last 20 pages i wrote and i'm gonna say well okay no this guy can all of a sudden he can fly because he found this magic mushroom boom sure. and he writes some more you know and, and oh and then maybe he can even write the backstory of the magic mushroom into it and all of a sudden you get a book that instead of is like 220 pages is like is like 400 pages. pages i think that's how rudy rucker writes he's like oh let's just do this Boop. and then he like goes back and he cross-references some of his last chapters like oh i'll just build that in a little bit back here oh and then i'll, I'll precursor that i'll foreshadow that oh boop, 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 you know and, and well, drop it all in there and i think video games are getting to the point where they can do that where they have this engine written out and then the writer comes up and says well you know it'd be really cool if we could do this and they can just boop, zip back through the code where they're like oh this is where the point we could insert a little a, a little bit of code here that that would that would allow that to happen or a little precursor to that you know let me go back to the movie thing now movies are business i mean it's, it's well they're yeah corporations, now okay, we're, okay well, hang okay. on a second but i i, I want to make two hopefully quick points i mean the first point is you will have a producer a producer comes in and says i can raise 500 no 50 million dollars if we get will smith to wear a cape and do a superhero movie now we need a script all right, you come back, and then you've got like kind of a sweatshop just churning out this script for. You got a thousand Will's monkeys and a thousand typewriters, and they turn it in like, oh, needs more act. Right. Pac Man, he's Pac Man, but he packs I, things. I think there is another <laughs> uh, aspect, and these are the movies that don't get fifty million dollars or hundred million dollar budget. And now it's something that I tried to do about five or six years ago, probably even more. Is I said, okay. I've got this idea for a movie, but I don't know how I want it to happen. So before I write their what they do, I want to write their motivations. And so I sat and I wrote 
three, yeah, three yep. characters, and I wrote two pages their backstories, him. of their backstory, like their moms, their their brothers, their sisters, their Bob upbringing, Fett, June, yeah. June Fett, their high school, their Cletus college, Fett. anything that they had that would be uh, experienced. So then you kind of have a template. Their Chachki collection. So as you start writing this movie about these people, you say, okay, what would Mary do? And you go back to the backstory. And maybe like... Five percent of that backstory you wrote is even relevant to the hour and a half movie that you produce, but at least you have like a, a, a real person that you've created and a, and, and a template and, and a motivation, so that maybe somebody can relate with that person and be like, "Oh, you know what? I think this." And you don't even ever have to publish that backstory, but people can start being like, "Oh, you know what? I think Mary was a, a you know like a very smart person in high school, and she wore glasses and was made fun of, and that's what led her to make the decisions that she." He's making now and do you know what I'm saying totally even though you didn't even say like well her favorite food was brownies and, and she loved hamburgers I mean that never comes yep. out in the movie but like you wrote it down and like that's her backstory and if it ever came up in the movie you'd be like she went to a McDonald's and had a hamburger you know what I well, mean well see and I think the thing is is that uh, in writing when you write a book or when, when you read a book I think a lot of times right. some of that some more of that stuff comes out well that's why there's that's what makes books a lot more interesting 350 to me. 400 page books whereas like a movie script two hours well what they say is a movie script is about a page per minute. So if you have a two-hour movie, your script is only about 120 pages. What novel are you going to pay $7 for that's 120 pages? You're going to look at that and be like, what the Dukakis is this? Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, There's a lot more to talk about there, though. 70 minutes. Uh, Shazam, 81 is a good number. That's it's a, nine times nine. That's a long podcast. There you uh, go. Nine times nine. It's, it's all about movies. It's a magic and, number. It's a it's a some some kind of a motivations movie and magic and, and Dukakis. Well, it's nine times nine, like you just said. It's a it's a good number. It's a it's a good number. And actually, eight plus one is nine. Actually, if you take any number, I know, and multiply it by itself, and then add up the. Uh, I tried to teach that to my sister as like kind of a, a cheat for anything divided, multiply, not divided, multiply, multiply by, by nine. nine. And she's like, "I don't have any idea what you're talking about." I'm like, no, don't you get, get it? It, it just add up makes the digits. sense. Like it's you a, could it's crazy, nine yeah. times one billion. Die. It doesn't matter. You could multiply that all out, and it still comes back to nine. And she's nine like, times three is twenty-seven. Two plus seven is nine. Nine, exactly. nine times four is thirty-six. 36. Three plus six is nine. Yeah, nine times four is nine, nine times, times five, five is forty-five. Five plus five, five plus four. I, I tried to explain it. She's like, I have no idea. What you're and there's a lot of crazy little things like that with math. There's numbers. Are Numerology. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, eighty-one. It's been good, folks. Hey, uh, drop us a line. Let us know. TFI at tficast.com. Do it, and don't piss on your mic. Don't do caucus on your mic. Yeah, Schenectady. Good night.